The main function of the kidney is to remove waste from the body and balance the body's fluids. I'm Prakash Chandran, and in this episode of Be Well with Skagit Regional Health, we're going to be talking all about the kidneys and the importance of kidney health. Here with us to discuss is Dr. Jimmy Thomas. He's a staff nephrologist at Skagit Regional Health. Dr. Thomas, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate your time. First things first, what exactly do the kidneys do and what are some of their basic functions? So, Prakash, as you mentioned, the kidneys eliminate waste from the body, and that is the short version of it. The long answer is anything that you eat or drink must be eliminated by your body, and you either poop it out or pee it out. And in the process of peeing it out, your kidney regulates a whole bunch of things. And so the first thing it does is it eliminates waste, as you mentioned, but then it helps to regulate your blood pressure by deciding how much sodium your body is going to keep. Two, then three, it regulates your body levels of electrolytes, the sodium, potassium, magnesium. The levels of each and every one of those electrolytes is regulated by your kidney. And then four, the kidney helps to activate vitamin D and therefore helps maintain the health of your bones. And five, the kidneys secrete a hormone called erythropoietin. And that hormone helps your bone marrow to make blood. And so the kidneys do a lot more than just the equivalence of toxins. So five different things. Yeah. Okay. So they're quite an important organ in the body. When we talk about things happening to the kidney, can you talk about some of the most common diagnosis related to the kidneys? So the most common diagnosis that I'm referred patients with is chronic kidney disease, so CKD. And this really is a secondary diagnosis, so to speak. So chronic kidney disease is a disease that affects the kidney because of another primary condition. And most of these conditions are pretty common. Diabetes, high blood pressure, any kind of blood vessel disease, people who've had strokes and heart attacks. So those conditions tend to affect the kidney, and that's what causes chronic kidney disease. That is the most common reason I see patients. And then you have some other conditions which primarily affect the kidneys themselves, relatively rare. These are the nephrotic syndromes and the nephritic syndromes, but we don't really have to go there because they're not as common. Okay, so just to unpack that a little bit, when you're saying CKD generally is caused by another primary condition, these are things like high blood pressure, diabetes. Is there anything else that might cause chronic kidney disease? Yeah, right. So diabetes is the most common cause than hypertension. Any disease that affects your blood vessels. And so people who've had strokes and heart attacks or smokers, smoking, that's caused CKD because of that. People who have multiple kidney stones over the course of a lifetime, that affects the kidney function. People who have recurrent urinary tract infections, that causes CKD. And then people who have chronic inflammatory conditions like rheumatoid arthritis, those things eventually do begin to affect the kidney via inflammation. Certain medications, if taken for a long time, start to affect the kidney function. So there's a whole bunch of them. But the most common ones are diabetes, blood pressure, diabetes, blood pressure. Got it. Now, when we talk about the symptoms related to this type of disease, what can people expect to experience? So again, it depends on what the kidneys are supposed to be doing and they are not doing when the kidneys are, are affected. So when your kidney cannot eliminate toxins, the toxins start accumulating in your bloodstream. Initially, your body can handle it just fine, but as the stuff begins to accumulate, it begins to affect you. And these are very subtle changes that the patient may not notice themselves. I mean, sometimes they just chalk it up to old age. They may notice that they're more forgetful, that they kind of lose track of what they're thinking about. Many patients complain of severe fatigue, that they, have, they, feel, more, they feel more sleepy, they're having to take more naps more frequently. And these together are what we call uremia. The way I describe it to patients is you're going to feel like you're slightly drunk all the time. 
just not functioning. And usually it's the patient's spouse who notices that particular symptom. And that's uremia. That's the inability to eliminate toxins. Then two, if you can't regulate your blood pressure, you cannot maintain a low blood pressure. Your blood pressures tend to run high. Three, if you cannot regulate your blood electrolytes, when doctors check your labs, your blood potassium seems to get out of control. Your blood acid levels are on the rise. And then bone health and anemia, these are the fourth and the fifth function. They're usually affected in the later stages of kidney disease. So patients with advanced kidney disease tend to have very weak bones because they have vitamin deficiencies and some other hormone deficiencies that affect the bones. Also, because that kidney is not able to secrete the erythropoietin that tells the bone marrow to make blood, these patients then become anemic. And so they begin to experience the effects of anemia. They're tired, fatigued, so those symptoms come in. But those are usually at in the later stage of the CKD. Got it. Yeah, so at a high level, talk about the risk factors for mal-kidney function. Okay. So again, uncontrolled diabetes, uncontrolled blood pressure would be the top two. Obesity does contribute in a big way. And then something people don't think about is high-protein diets. Most human beings require about one gram per kilo, so that's about 70 to 80 grams of protein a day. Most people eat way more than that, 120 to 150 grams of protein a day. That is actually a big contributor to worsening kidney function in the long run. And even if you compare countries to each other, the countries that tend to eat a lot of protein, like Americans, tend to have a higher incidence of kidney disease as compared to countries where they don't eat as much protein. That's an ecological, I mean, that's a, what do you call, an ecological study finding. Processed food. I mean, there's no way to correlate these hard and fast and because there are no studies that actually look at it in a randomized controlled way. But yeah, high protein diets would be one of the major causes of worsening kidney function. Got it. And just out of curiosity, there's a popular diet called keto or like an all protein diet. I'm assuming yeah. that when people consume protein like this, it can be dangerous mm -hmm. for their kidney functions. Is that more or less correct? Well, yes and no. The way the keto diet is actually prescribed is perfectly fine. The keto diet is a high-fat, moderate-protein, low-carb diet. And so the protein rec recommended on the keto diet is actually 70 to 100 grams, which is okay. But the problem is when people start doing the keto diet, they assume it's a bacon and sausage diet. Yeah. And so they don't really get the high fat part of it. They just go all out on the protein. Mm. And that's what causes the issue here. So the keto diet, if done correctly, should not be a problem. Okay. But almost nobody does it correctly. And they go for the high salt, high protein foods, and that's what causes the issues. Yeah. Thanks for that clarification. What other health problems can kidney disease cause? Okay. So when your kidney function really gets bad, your immune system is affected. And so patients with kidney disease tend to get infections more frequently as compared to the average person. So they have more incidence of pneumonias, more incidence of urinary tract infections because their immune system is just not as good. But beyond that, with advanced kidney disease, what you want to worry about is what people do to you, right? So when you go to doctors and doctors have to prescribe medications for you, those medications have to be adjusted for that reduced kidney function. If not, then those medications tend to give you side effects because now they are at a higher dose than they should be. 
that's one precaution. And then the other thing is when patients with kidney disease get just a regular CT scan with contrast, that can cause further issues. When they get MRI scans with contrast, that can cause a completely different disease process called NSF, systemic fibrosis. So these are precautions that you have to take when you have advanced kidney disease. But health problems per se, I see that patients with advanced kidney disease have a higher incidence of infections because their immune systems are not as good anymore. Got it. Let's talk a little bit about the treatments that are available. You kind of started alluding to this, but tell us broadly what's available for helping with kidney function. So as far as the regular run-of-the-mill chronic kidney disease is concerned, the treatment would be the treatment of the primary disease condition. So if your problem is being caused by badly controlled diabetes, control your diabetes better. If it's being controlled by badly controlled hypertension, control your hypertension better. So whatever is causing the primary problem, that's what needs to be controlled better so that the secondary CKD is better controlled. The other primary kidney diseases, like the ones that are relatively rare, those, the treatments are very specific depending on what you're dealing with. And it can range from just regular blood pressure meds to something as advanced as plasmapheresis, which is a method by which we actually change the plasma of the patient's blood. We also use chemotherapy for some patients. Some patients get some forms of immunotherapy. But these are relatively rare conditions, and we don't do these things frequently. Okay, understood. Now, I've heard of dialysis before as it relates to kidney. Can you talk a little bit about that? So dialysis is the short way of saying kidney replacement therapy, right? So it refers to an artificial method by which we can do the job of your kidney for you, right? Now, have you seen the movie The Mask? I have, yes. Right. So the Jim Carrey deposits his Honda Civic for a repair and they give him the loaner. Remember that scene? I do remember that scene. Right. So the way you want to think about it is this. So your kidneys are like the Honda Civic. They're a car. Okay. In CKD stage one, everything's functioning just fine. As your kidney disease gets worse and worse and worse, that car needs more repairs, needs more of a push, needs more of a mechanic's hand on it. But as it gets to CKD stage five and more, that car begins to just shut down completely. And it's not going to get the job done anymore. And that's when we give you a dialysis machine. Dialysis is the loner. And why I bring that up is because of what you see in the movie. The loner is nothing compared to his original car. Mm. And so, yes, dialysis does do the job of your kidney for you. It gets you from point A to point B. But it is a very poor replacement for what your natural kidney can do. And so, yes, we can keep you alive, but not optimally. There are issues associated with it, but it gets the job done. Yeah, I understand that. I wanted to talk about some of the common misconceptions around kidney disease. Can you share some with us? Yeah, so I'm going to base this off what I've seen in clinics. So anybody who's referred to me, who is sent to me with chronic kidney disease, immediately assumes that they're going to end up on dialysis. And they come in very anxious with very high blood pressures because of this one fear that they have that I might go and end up on dialysis. And I will say this, that most of my patients are not going to end up on dialysis, right? So chronic kidney disease, unfortunately, the term, I mean, the terminology is pretty bad. So we stage it, stage one, two, three, four, five, based off the level of kidney function. So anybody with more than 90%, stage one, 60 to 90, stage two, 30 to 60, stage three, and they're on. The problem is that the word stage is very commonly used in cancer diagnosis. And so when somebody is told that they are stage 3 kidney disease, their immediate thought is this is something like stage 3 cancer. It's not. I mean, it's nothing even close to that. Stage 3 kidney disease just means that your kidneys are functioning at 30 to 60%. 
And that itself is not terrible because just by virtue of aging, patients lose kidney function. And so if you take an 80-year-old man, that 80-year-old has lost about 45 to 50% of his kidney function naturally. Hmm. That would put him at 50% kidney function, which is by definition stage 3 kidney disease, right? I understand. Yeah, so that is the most common misconception I see, the biggest fear that I see, that, oh my God, I've got stage three or stage four kidney disease. It doesn't have to be terrible because most of it may just be because you're 60 or 65 years old. That's the most common misconception I see. The second thing that I see patients doing all the time is when they're told they have some form of kidney disease, they go online and look up the kidney diet. And that can be really scary because the kidney diet that you see online is really for somebody with advanced kidney disease, most of the time for patients who are already on dialysis. The diet, if done in its entirety, is a highly restrictive diet that will make your life completely miserable. And it focuses on an extreme reduction in potassium and extreme reduction in phosphorus. So these are not changes that the average patient has to make. There's a big focus on potassium because high potassium levels can kill patients. But that's true for patients with advanced kidney disease. In the earlier stages of kidney disease, you don't really have to restrict anything because your kidney can still take care of it. Then the third misconception that patients have is that they can help their kidneys by drinking a whole bunch of water. This is not true. I mean, if you're chronically dehydrated, yes. I mean, you should be getting in about half a gallon of water a day, and that's for everybody. But there is no benefit to drinking gallons and gallons of water. If anything, that'll hurt you. So those are the three common things I see people doing. Okay. So on the other side of that, then, what do you recommend as general measures to preserve kidney function? Again, your primary disease conditions ought to be controlled. So control your diabetes, control your blood pressure. The main thing would be diet. I would suggest that patients need to really watch their protein intake and make sure that they're not eating too much, right? 70 to 100 grams a day is adequate for most people. And nowadays you have patients who are downing protein shakes and protein bars and trying to get more and more protein. There is no benefit to doing that much protein. What I tell patients is to avoid animal-based products as much as possible, and this is a very hard recommendation to actually follow through on. And so once they get diagnosed, I try to make a compromise. I say, Monday through Friday, at least, go vegetarian. You know, on the weekends, eat whatever you want. But at least Monday through Friday, I'd like you to be vegetarian slash vegan if possible. Avoid processed food completely. The cleaner you eat, the longer your kidneys are going to last. Okay, very good advice. So just on that note, as we start to close, is there anything else that you want to share with our audience before we close? Just like a final tip or just something that you know to be true that you wish more people knew? Plants are good for you. Plants are good for you. Bad kidney disease is really a reflection of poor food choices and non-compliance with medication most of the time. If you eat clean, your kidney should last a lifetime without any problems. Great way to end. Thank you so much for your time today, Dr. Thomas. Thank you. That was Dr. Jimmy Thomas, a staff nephrologist at Skagit Regional Health. For more information, you can visit skagitregionalhealth.org. I'm your host, Prakash Chandran. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk next time.